This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au, a proud Joy sponsor for over five years. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. Oh, Tay Tay. That was for you, Beck. Thank you. You are listening to Family Matters with Beck, Gina, and Steph. I'm so glad Dave's not here and I get to do all the introductions. You do. He just cramps my style. <laughs> anyway, so look, he didn't look like he was cramping your style on Saturday night. You two look very comfortable together. Yes, we are. <laughs> He follows me around. I like it. Anyway, um, we are talking about some very interesting things tonight and some slightly more serious topics. But before we start that, we are giving away two tickets to Boob Juice, which is... Yeah, okay, we get it, Gina. I'm the only lesbian in the room. I'm going to get excited. Do you feel responsible for the boob talk? Because you're the only lesbian in the village. Sorry. Um, Boob Juice is a heartwarming comedy about a first-time mum with postnatal depression. And I want to hear your awkward parents group stories or if you'd like to go with Gina's idea for the competition, which is your favourite boob juice flavour. So, look, do with that what you will. Message, me- message, message in, in. <laughs> 0427 Joy949 or on air at joy.org.au. That's the thing. And p- don't forget your member number as well. But coming round to something a little bit more sensible, ladies, oh, we yeah. have a guest yeah. in Someone the has studio. To. Yes, the grown up here. We have a guest in the studio with us tonight. Julie Mounter is a general psychologist. Her main area of interest is working with men and women with perinatal depression and anxiety. She's passionate about spreading the message that dads matter too. In fact, her master's research project investigated the prevalence, current services and the treatments based on evidence that have been shown to help men with perinatal depression and anxiety in Australia. Welcome to the studio, Julie. Welcome, Julie. It's great to be here. And yes, your husband is gorgeous. Oh, he's very hot. Yes, I know. Before we do get into the questions, we do remind our listeners, yes, this is a a serious and upsetting topic and you can always reach out to Lifeline on uh, 13 11 14 um, beyond blue on 1300 22 46 36 um, and there are so many you know er- everything from switchboards so we will keep uh, reminding our listeners of those numbers throughout the night so julie i have a very basic question to begin with because today in doing a little bit of research i came across a term that I hadn't seen before and it's been a while since I've had kids so um, in the past I've heard certainly about postnatal anxiety and depression and um, antenatal anxiety and depression but I hadn't heard about perinatal anxiety and depression. Can you perhaps for the listeners because we are going to sort of use these terms during our conversation tonight Mm. 
perhaps explain the difference between the three? Yeah, for sure. So it's become apparent with the research that we often used to think about postnatal depression and anxiety, and that's probably the thing that we're most most common with. Most common. Most people have heard of that term. But it's become apparent that often the symptoms actually start during pregnancy for both mums and dads and carers and partners. And so the term perinatal encompasses all of that. So it encompasses the time during the pregnancy and then roughly the first year after the birth or after the birth of the baby or the baby's joined the family. Mm. So that's the term. And antenatal um, is a term that we don't use so much. So we just have the perinatal around there. Antenatal is before the birth and postnatal is after. So perinatal encompasses it all. All encompassing. So mm. with that 12-month period um, of diagnosis sort of after the baby's born, how long can someone expect to have perinatal depression for? I mean, is there a time frame around it? Does it magically disappear or does it you know is it is that about treatment or that's a really good question and it, it's got a number of answers so the first answer would be the sooner somebody seeks help the shorter the period of um depression and anxiety would would last uh, it also depends on the severity as well so somebody with quite severe perinatal depression and anxiety may have a longer episode of it um I don't think I could give you an exact uh, cut-off date from when it would stop. It, it's multifactorial, depending on... But it doesn't magically disappear, let's say, because um, a mother stops breastfeeding or a father no. returns to work or there's no sort of... No. It, it is... We it are is. hearing, and that's it, like you, Steph, we did some research and there are old wives' tales of mm. what cure cures, you know, all these things, a good sleep or, you know, a good holiday or, you know, all these kind of things. And actually I was mentioning to Julie off air, I had somebody um, heard what we were talking about tonight and I mentioned dads. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's got nothing to do with it. This was a guy saying to me, it's got nothing to do with dads because dads don't have the baby and they don't go through that hormonal change. So this is something, and, and you quickly mentioned it when you, when you mentioned the definition, mm. this is something that isn't just about the birth mother, is it? No, not at all. It's absolutely about the, the dads and the carers and the non-birth mothers. If you just take a step back and look at this event in someone's life, it's a, it's a massive change. So regardless of the family makeup, we've got a ginormous change. So the house tends to go from either one to two, if it's a single parent, or two to three. So there's a, a big change. You tend to go from two wages down to one. So there's financial issues around that. There's definitely, there's sleep deprivation Mm. and you can take anyone and deprive them of sleep and they're not going to feel great. Mm. And that's, I think, something we were talking about before, deciding between am I tired Mm. or am I depressed? And we can talk about that later. But Mm. um, masses of changes, physical changes, family dynamic changes. um, In same-sex couples, there's... um, gender roles around that we have to negotiate there's a whole host of things it's a massive change and just generally as psychologists that's often the time when we meet people is when they're going through a time of uncertainty or a time of change and so just broadly looking at at the event you know it's pretty big sorry what advice would you give to people around preparing for that kind of change because Mm. it's something that we just stumble into isn't it i mean do you see people before a baby's born and, and and talk about expectations and and how to gear up for for that change? Yeah, you've brought up a couple of really important points, actually. (laughs) That's why she's here. (laughs) Expectations. Expectations is a really important point. I'm starting to see um, more 
people in the um, in the pregnancy phase who perhaps are becoming more aware of what potentially what some of the complications might be, and come and seek help prior. Yeah. Can right. people prepare for this mm. change, or is it just something that you have to roll with? Yeah. I mean, can you? And what can they do if you can? How mm. can you? prepare for that sort of a change? There's definitely ways that you can prepare. So if if you know that it's kind of going into risk factors a little bit, if you know that you've had a prior history of mental health concerns, one thing that we suggest people do from a psychological perspective is, is get your supports in place already. So you might actually start you might go and meet a therapist prior, have that conversation where, look, I'm a bit concerned that this might be something that's going to happen. And then you're not having to meet someone more in a crisis event mm-hmm. when, when you're feeling really awful. You've already gotten that out of the way. Um, being really clear around having good supports around. So really trying to mine those friends and family that are around you um, that can come and help. One of the things that we know is a really protective factor for new parents is time for self. It's a really great Australian study. It's about about 1,500 participants. And they looked at the link between new mum's time for self and their mental health is outcomes. Is there any such thing? <laughs> Sorry, we've done oh, yeah. a lot of new mums. <laughs> time for self? There is no such thing. Yeah, is this, this a is shower? Maybe. Well, this is the vital thing. This is the vital thing. We need to carve out this space where either the baby goes away or mum goes away or the parent goes away and they do something for themselves. The research says it doesn't actually matter what you do, but it's the time. Because I've done a lot of um, work with uh, new parent groups and we talk about the fact that this is something that we need to try and carve out because the buck stops with the main carer for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And nobody can do that job. No one can do a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week job. You try. (laughs) Um, And that's getting back to your expectations. People expect that we should just be able to do it. We should just be able to power through. And there's lots of expectations there. And often it's it's talking to people about those expectations and perhaps readjusting them to something that's a bit more realistic. And getting around a lot of guilt. A lot of people have guilt for asking or have guilt around asking for help. We talk about that sort of thing quite a bit. We are going to continue talking about this topic and I'd really like to sort of, and you almost touched on it there, some of the warning symptoms that people Mm, can be looking out for for themselves. But again, we remind our listeners, if any of what we are talking about is, is a little bit difficult, you can always reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. You are listening to Family Matters. We are looking at perinatal depression um, with Perinatal Depression and Anxiety Awareness Week approaching uh, 12th to 18th of November. I got distracted. You're listening to Family Matters with Beck, Steph and Gina and our wonderful guest psychologist, Julie as I, I like to call hello. you. Can I give a shout out to a gorgeous husband? Oh, <laughs> I think hello. he actually His Tom. ego is going to explode. Tom. Hi, think, hi, Tom. I think you've done that more times than is possibly appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the best show next week. Tom. I haven't seen a photo of him yet, so watch this space. Um, now, Julie, we're talking about um, perinatal depression and anxiety. How common is it? Yeah, so depending on the numbers that you look at, so on average, uh, about one out of ten women will wow. go through pretty common. perinatal anxiety according, and depression. According to Instagram, none. None. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And if you look at dads, um, again, depending on the research, anywhere between one in ten and one in twenty. So dads, dads matter too. Wow. And it's uh, the, more of the conversation around dads as well. 
We don't have a lot of research around same-sex couples for dads um, and their rates. I can't speak about that. Um, but certainly there's an increased rate in same-sex um, lesbian couples. Um, and wow. when we talk about risk factors, that'll become apparent. What what um, sort of things should people be alert to, whether that mm. is the woman that's had the baby themselves or their partner or friends? What sort of signs are there that maybe there's something they need to, to get some help for? Yeah. Or? Sure. So one would be panic attacks. So if somebody has an overwhelming um, feeling of panic and terror. Um, persistent generalised worries or fears about the well-being of themselves or the safety of their baby. So it's one element of saying, you know, I'm worried about my baby and I'm worried if it's too hot or too cold or, you know, might be getting sunburnt so we're going to keep them covered. But if it's a really persistent, never-ending, constant worry, we just can't switch it off, then that would be a concern to go and talk to somebody. Oh, my God, every Greek mother out there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if somebody starts to have obsessive or compulsive thoughts, so thoughts that are bit different to what they've been having before really abrupt mood swings is another sign being constantly sad or low or crying for no obvious reason so a really common um presentation when somebody comes to my office is that somebody has noticed that they've been crying every day and they can't sometimes even describe what it is that they're crying about um, and that's a good sign and sometimes that's something that we use to measure you know how many times have you cried this week feeling constantly nervous or on edge or panicky um feeling constantly tired and lacking energy and now this is a tricky one in this space because yeah. we've got don't they not sleep when you have a newborn isn't that absolutely newborns are not very good at sleeping a good rule of thumb would be that if you can't sleep when the baby is sleeping so you've got an opportunity to sleep and you have a disturbance in your sleep that's a really good thing to look out for but there's a difference between feeling tired and feeling like I cannot go on. I'm just, there's tired and then there is beyond tired. And this is often the, the tipping point for somebody perhaps not seeking help as early as they might because they think, well, I'm a new mum or a new dad. I should be tired. Mm. And so I'd encourage you to talk to your maternal health nurse or your GP or someone and just to discern whether it's it's normal tired or, what you know, we're concerned. Yeah. Jules, Risk factors. Oh, yes. So what, yeah. Can we go through the risk factors? Oh, we there sure can. Oh, there's many oh, more wait, signs. Wait, there's more signs. Keep going the but signs. Wait, there's more. Actually, let's go the signs first and then let's look yeah, at the risk, risk factors. factors. Great idea. Um, so having little or no interest in all the normal things that you like. So... Um, Again, how, how hard is it to tell when you're a new parent? Mm. There is no normal think, things. I think there? food would be a big one. If you go off your food as a you know a, a, a parent, you, you, you there's generally rude. something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good one. Your dumplings always. So sometimes um, we ask that question. You know, are you enjoying things? Is there anything that you enjoy at the moment? And you'll see somebody sort of go. They'll look and they'll search and there's there's nothing. There's nothing that's giving them joy. And they'll sometimes feel like they have to say that their baby is giving them joy because we're programmed to, you know, we have to say positive yeah. things about the child. And when somebody's suffering from um, perinatal anxiety or depression, that can be an overwhelming feeling that just nothing is fun, nothing is exciting, nothing is interesting. Um, loss of interest in intimacy. Now, we're not talking sex straight after the baby is born, mm. but sort of recoiling from 
normal intimate relations, so cuddles and kisses and just arm around the shoulder, if that's sort of recoiling from that. Withdrawing from family and friends, because very often people don't want to talk about this. We don't want to say that this is... Um, you know, it's not going so well. Getting really annoyed and really irritated and frustrated very quickly. That's out of your normal. Feeling very angry. Depression can often masquerade as anger uh, sometimes. Now, this is another tricky one. The next one, difficulty in focusing and concentrating. Again, <laughs> and again sleep deprivation for sleep new parents. Depri- yeah, and suddenly you've gone from just looking after yourself potentially to suddenly having you know great responsibility for this little person and so again it takes some nuanced questioning around somebody's concentration and their decision making if they're having trouble making decisions um sometimes taking uh risky behavior so it might be alcohol drugs other types of risky behavior um and then having thoughts of harming your baby that's a concern and having thoughts of death and suicide Mm. so they're they're concerns and especially for those last two um I want to say that it happens and it, it, it's not uncommon, but it's really treatable. We can help with that. And so um, often people are very scared to talk about that sort of thing. But absolutely, that's that's a really good warning sign to say, I need a bit of a hand here. And again, I'm going to hand out the number for our friends at mm. Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you need support, don't ever be afraid to reach out and, and call for it. Mm. Now, we were talking um, earlier about risk factors because some of those symptoms... Like really, from from new parents that I know, they would easily a lot of sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. a lot of being frightened of being a new parent. Yeah. They would easily tick those boxes, and it wouldn't be this. I assume if someone hasn't, and this is why it's called perinatal depression, mm-hmm. because they haven't had the baby yet, and if they're ticking a lot of the boxes, there, okay, definitely, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good sign. But what are some risk risk factors that someone might be at more risk of? developing this illness and it is an illness isn't it yeah absolutely mental illness yeah um so the first risk factor is a personal history of mental illness so if somebody's had depression or anxiety or bipolar or schizophrenia or any mental illness prior then that increases their risk factors and i probably wanted to say for the lgbtqi Mm. um community we know that they suffer mental illness at a rate at about 2.4 times the rate of the straight community. So that's definitely a raised risk factor. So there's more mental illness prior, so therefore that's a risk factor. Um, If your partner is struggling with um, perinatal anxiety and depression and you're uh, the non-birth or secondary carer, that's an increased risk risk factor. So if you're supporting someone with it. So very often the supporting partner is sort of, you know, soldiering on looking after somebody with perinatal anxiety and depression and they're actually at risk too. And so this is something that I'll talk about for hours, but, Mm. you know, the secondary carer and dads matter as well. Um, Stressful life events. So if there's been any major changes, and this will ring a bell with a few people (laughs) because often people are moving house, building houses, doing a whole host of things, renovating and things. want to renovate and nest. I I don't know. This is a common... Incredibly common. Uh, So if there's other stressful life events going on sort of parallel with um, the arrival of a baby, if there's been a troubled pregnancy, so if there's been any concerns during the pregnancy, also if there's been issues with getting pregnant and any miscarriages or losses, Mm. um, so if there's been not a smooth road to the baby being conceived, that's a a risk factor. Um, Relationship difficulties, 
So if the relationship is difficult um, and there are some issues going on there, then that's going to increase the risk. Oh, the risk. Lack of social support. Uh, so social support is a vital factor in any mental illness. The, the more we can connect people with supports around them, community supports, friends and family you know golf clubs pick a thing Mm. we need people around us and people who are isolated definitely it's increased risk factor and the final one is um infant temperament so if you have a very uh, if you have an unwell baby or an unsettled baby some of them just are like that nothing to do with the mum or the dad or the parent just is what it is my parents have been in here before julie (laughs) talked about when i had to go to the place with the nuns for the bad children so but they never gave you back you didn't get i know the nun couldn't do anything with me so here i am julie i'd just like to um ask a little bit more about that social support network and how important that is if you know someone if you've got a a friend or a family member and you've picked up some signs Mm -hmm. and and you're concerned that they may have um, perinatal depression and and anxiety Mm. how can you approach them what sort of language do you need to use and and what what can you suggest actually we might come back to that because that is uh, quite a big Mm. answer there so we'll, we'll get to the ads a little bit early and then we'll come back to that that language stay tuned on family matters There's more from the Family Matters team in just a moment on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Family Matters with Beck, Steph and Gina. I'm used to Dave being here and doing that bit. That's why I point. I point nicely. That's why you're the... And don't forget, there's some some juice stuff that we need to give out. Now, that sounds weird if you've only just tuned (laughs) in. And saw me grabbing my... Boob juices. Which is not that good for radio. Um, We are giving away two tickets to the heartwarming comedy Boob Juice, um, which is playing at the Butterfly Club. So if you're a member and you would like to win those tickets, message in 0427JOY949 or email on air at joy.org.au. And what I love about this show is it's looking at this topic where... I don't think people talk about perinatal depression enough. And most of us probably call it postnatal depression, but we've been been schooled tonight (laughs) by Julie. She's explaining what perinatal depression is. And what I love about the actor Chloe is she's telling her story but using comedy to to reach a broader audience. So so good on you. And if you'd like to win those tickets, the show is on at the Butterfly Club between the 8th and 12th of November. Please message in with your member number. We can give them away or I'll go myself. (laughs) Now, before the break, we were talking about friends and family and concerns we may have about our friends and family um, and how we would approach someone and what sort of language, Julie, we need to use if we think, you know, someone we care about has got perinatal depression and how we can help them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's important that it's gentle. Um, and another thing that um, new parents often haven't had is much encouragement or praise over what they've been doing. So if I were concerned about you, I'd come up and say, it's amazing, you're doing a fantastic job, and I'm a little bit worried about you. Not but, and I'm a little bit worried about you. So the but discounts everything beforehand. Mm. But just something very gentle. I'm, I'm worried about you. I've been doing some research... Um, here's the Panda website, for example. Uh, you, there's a thing called an Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale, EPDS. It's very easy to Google and search for. It's 10 simple questions and re- it's an excellent validated measure. We use it all the time in, in practice. And somebody can do that quiz or that measure and have a look at their score 
and that can sometimes help them say, well, actually, I'm sitting here on 12 or 13 or somewhere close to there. That's the trigger point for me to go off and, and see someone to see what I can do. But it's that very gentle, you're doing a great job. If it were my partner, mm. sweetheart, I love you. I think you're doing a fantastic job and I'm worried about you. I'm worried about, I've noticed that you've been crying a lot. This is a really difficult time. I want to be there to support you. Do, we, do you think we might need to do anything else? And just open gently, gently open it. The worst thing that you could wander on mm. in is, in, in, in any mental health concern is say, you need some help. Mm. You've got to go and see someone. I reckon there's real power in that mm. gentle opening the door. Mm. Like, you know, I know I've had that before in my life when I've been struggling at different times and just someone going, I'm a bit worried about you. Like, mm. oh, thank God someone's yeah. noticed and now I can talk about it, yeah. you know. Because I think if you're in that space, there's a lot of bottling it up and, mm. you know, sometimes you do just want someone to mm. ask so you can open yeah. the door to it yourself, I guess. And probably the second thing would be don't just ask once mm. and accept the first answer okay. that you get. Good, good we don't want to badger someone. You know, sweetheart, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about you. I've noticed these things that are different. Sometimes people have, they're, they're right in it. They're in the muck and the mire and they haven't actually noticed that they haven't smiled for two weeks, mm. for example. Um, they haven't noticed that they haven't laughed for two weeks, you know. It's just those very, uh, across the board, that gentle manner of asking would be the way. Jules, we've talked about kind of symptoms. We've talked about risk factors and how to reach out to people. But what I loved what we talked about off air earlier is this is treatable. This is an illness and people can actually get help for this. Mm. So amongst all this language, what is it that people can do to get help for this illness? Yeah, so there's a number of ways that you can get help and there's also a number of things that you can do practically. So if we start with the help, Mm -hmm. a great place to start is with your GP or with your maternal health nurse um, to discuss with them. And if cost is a factor, GPs can then put in a mental health plan. That's right, yeah, Yeah. absolutely, mental health care plan. Um, And depending on where you're referred the services may be bulk built Mm -hmm. Um, from a psychological perspective obviously I'd recommend seeing a psychologist Um, but other things that people can do is become connected with other new parent groups and have people around them so that that social support and being able to speak to other people who are in it at the same time as you Mm. one of the things that new parents talk to me a lot about is that sort of they might have a six or seven week old baby and they can even talk to somebody with a two-year-old baby who just doesn't get it anymore (laughs) they're not in the midst of it anymore so that's social support so to summarize there's psychological help there's medication uh, which we would have a gp um and or and or a psychiatrist involved with that um and counseling yeah and we t- and again we talked about this because you know we usually you know you can't stop us talking off air but we were just saying we hear time and time again that some of these mothers groups and I'm sorry to use that gender term but mm. you know people talk about they everyone was pretending like their kid was reading Chaucer at you know six months and but you know sometimes people hide their true selves mm. in this should you just be changing mothers group if that's what can you. I don't know, Steph. Yeah, you can change your mother's group. I was really fortunate with my first um, child. I attended a mother's group and, you know, some of us are still in touch and we were a great support for each other. Um, But I have had friends who didn't have that same experience and they swapped mother's group. Mm. But I think with that first one, it's really important to have people around you and people who are going through that same 
experience. Mm. And as you say, it's very different for someone. You know, you may have a friend who's got a two-year-old, but that it's completely a completely different experience to having a newborn. So, mm. um, if you can find some people who are you know c- who can share the the joy and also mm. you know the tough times, it That's makes a big difference. Another point to add is that. Um the psychological research shows that 74% of people who have been diagnosed with perinatal anxiety and depression all say they wish they'd sought help much earlier. Yeah. Um, so I suppose the biggest thing is is to not feel guilty about accessing the help. You're, you're not letting anyone down. It, it's in going out and seeking help. That that's strength. That that you know heading toward a recovery is it actually takes strength. You're not letting anyone down. So. Mm. Um, and there's no failure in, no, in parenting. No. I mean, this is the other thing. There's so much pressure. Mm. You know, when you are a new mum, I found found that. And I just think that, you know, there's no failure. Mm. Oh, look, there's a few times I think I could call my parents up on some bad decisions they made for me. You know, I'm just... I know, but you when know, you're a new mum... The time they brought you... a mayor instead of a doctor when I busted my arm, I'd call that up for... But I doubt it was depression. I doubt, you know. <laughs> no. They got that one wrong. But with but, a, with, yeah. with 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 a newborn, and when you're a new mum or a new dad, you know, you're just doing your best. You, you are. You really have no idea what you're doing, but you no, just do. Yeah. Doing your best. And, and we have had a message in from James, who says this is such an important topic to discuss. Thank you for continually tackling the tough topics and doing it with humour and intelligence. <gasps> does that intelligence? mean James wants tickets? I to think the, James you know does. James for a compliment. Boop, boop. Yeah, <laughs> James. Boop. We give away anything for a compliment. <laughs> um, and James has also said that Queer Space um, Drum and yes. Street Services offer pro programs and support groups for new parents and also specifically new dads, which is great. Fantastic. Can we actually quickly talk about the new dads research yes. you got? We've only got like two minutes to go. You've written a master's. You can summarise, <laughs> what, 20,000 words in two minutes? Master's in sure. 25 words or less. <laughs> um, so dads are at risk as well. Yes. Um, the signs and symptoms they would experience are quite similar. Lack of interest in their baby, fear of caring for the baby. Um, Again, that low mood, lack of joy, um, lack of intimacy. Another overwhelming um, story that people tell us is they often say, I just want to run away or I just want to disappear. And those are two words that come, or two sentences, sorry, that come out very, very regularly. Mm. So those feelings. So for mums, dads and families and carers, those sorts of thoughts are um, common. So, you know, feeling shit is normal, isn't it? During well, you, When you've got a new baby, you're tired, yeah. but there is feeling shit and then there is... Then there's yeah. feeling shit all yeah. the time. And yeah. I think that's... What, often people are struggling as to, do I need help or don't I? Yeah. It's a hard time. It's a tough time. It's a tumultuous time. It's a sleep-deprived time. But it shouldn't be all shit. Yeah. No, because I have to tell you, it is incredibly joyful too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the feelings you have around that are amazing. So. Julie, we're going to keep you on to right up until the end of the hour because I'm sure there's a few more tips and, and not tricks, but tips sure. that we can tips and tricks. pass on to our lovely audience. You're listening to Family Matters with Beck, Steph and Gina. We're nearly at the end. I can't I was, believe it. I was going to say you're doing a lovely job and you're doing a lovely job. <laughs> Aww. Aww. There you go, Dad. Nice. <laughs> now, Julie, we are keeping you right up until the end of the hour because it will cost too much to, to visit you as a psychologist. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep you in here. Sure. Now, for the last four minutes that mm. we have, some practical tips. Absolutely. So practical tips for the people around the yeah. new parents. Shower them with healthy food. Ooh. Give them mm, nice... That's a great um, suggestion. 
portion, meal size portions ready to go. If you healthy. are struggling, how, how do I help? Give them healthy food. Not a Boston bun, healthy food. I can make things in my Thermomix. Yeah. Thermomix. Spectacular. There's a whole other show yeah. I could do on that. Go on. Because mental health's really well supported by good eating and mm. exercise. Yeah. And serotonin's made in your gut. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so healthy eating is something that the families can do, but also the people around. Social activity and healthy relationships is vitally important. So just go visit people. Mm. Just go and say hi. You're not... You, if you are in the way, just maybe leave after five minutes. But people are often feeling really socially isolated. So tips is just to go and um, visit people. As we discussed earlier, time for self. So if you can go and help somebody by saying, I'll hold the baby while you go for a walk. I'll hold the baby while you go down to the supermarket. I'll take the baby for a walk so you can just lie down for, you know, half an hour and just relax. Um, practical tips for the new parents is good sleep habits. And this is a tough one, but if you can sleep, don't stay up watching movies and stuff like that. Just just dive into bed. Sleep mm. when the baby's sleeping is a really a really good one. Actually, our midwife, when we had the sleep mm. special, said mm. exactly that. She sees too many people going, oh, I can't sleep. And the minute the baby's down there on social media, mm. putting up pa- pictures of how their baby sleeps so perfectly and they're exhausted. That's you know, right. Yeah, no. Yeah, so trying to that. sleep when the baby sleeps yeah. is a really good one early on. And I suppose the, the parting message would be just to remember that you are still there. So sometimes people get quite lost in their parenting and that's what we strive to do. We strive to help people find themselves again because they're often lost in all of that. We were talking about that a moment ago that you would grieve your old self if you've had a really fulfilling Mm. old, not that you're not fulfilled as a parent, but if Mm. you're someone who's travelled and and not, you know, had to kind of Mm. keep watch of when you come home, that would be hard to let go. And it's also really hard to even bring that up because it's a difficult thing to say. We've got this beautiful baby Mm. and I'm really grieving for my former life. I'm Mm. grieving for my former relationship because the relationship has changed, grieving for my former um, disposable income. There's a lot of loss (laughs) involved and it's difficult for people to say that. But Steph, I think you said it well. There is so much joy in that too, and it's yeah. and it's when you're not seeing that joy and everything is feeling shit. Mm. There might be something wrong. It might be a little test mm. you can have. Now, Julie, we're going to put your contact details on our Facebook page and on this podcast. We're going to put all those support links to Panda, who are Panda are amazing. Panda seem to be absolutely amazing. Drummond Street as well, because there are there's actually a lot of resources out there. Mm. There's a lot of wives tales as to what. Nah, you'll you'll get over it. It's normal to feel this way. It's not. It's not normal to feel this way. We want people to know that they can get help for this. Yeah. They really can. Thank you so much, Julie, for taking you to the top of the hour. (laughs) It's been my absolute pleasure. Bez are going to kick us out. (laughs) What do we do when that happens, Beck? I've got a good one tonight. Woof, grandstands need to be built in joy for all the fans of the woods. Ah, woof, woof, girl. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast. Your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families. Sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au. A proud joy sponsor for over five years.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.